0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: All right, Stacey Davis-Gates, welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you for having me, Ben. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. It's been a while. I can't remember the last time you were on the show. I think maybe with your brother. Yeah. Uh, brother! We I
0: think you kicked me to the curb. Did I did not on? kick yeah. you to the curb, Thanks, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, bromance, I think. Is yeah, that no, I do call call like your brother a lot, but it did, <laughs> it's got nothing to say about you. All right. We yeah. just like, enjoy talking Indiana politics. Well, with isn't that cute? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Indiana politics. Uh, who thought I'd be interested in? All right. So uh, first question, of course, usually when you come here, we have more g- uh, general uh, conversations about the state of politics, where the Democrats should go, uh, where our, uh, our local politicians should go and wait in terms of financing uh, government and sorts of programs etc and so forth obviously right now you're in the midst of very contentious contentious uh, uh contract negotiations with the city of chicago the board of education mayor lori lightfoot etc so first question to you uh is, did you on your way here did you guys you can come here to announce that you cut a deal that a deal has been cut just want to know has that happened in the last ooh, four no. hours or so? oh, okay well there answered that question uh so, what, in your opinion, where it's the state and the status of these negotiations?
0: Um, we're still at the table. There is some movement, and they need to move more. They being Chicago public schools in the city of Chicago. Look, yesterday they made a big deal in their press briefing that we. I think the first line was, we get that teachers want more than money, okay? That's a point of agreement. Two, we agree with teachers um, in terms of what they need for their school communities. Second point of agreement. Three, we've put it in the budget for a lot of the things that they're asking for. Well, we can't find it, but sure. But we won't put it in writing. That part, that last part, is why we're asking for it in writing. Um, Miguel de Valle, bless his heart, got up yesterday and said that we won't make promises that we can't keep. But this city makes promises to wealthy developers all the time. $2.4 billion worth of promises to Sterling Bay. And we are literally out here begging for a school nurse to be in a school Monday through Friday, a social worker, some smaller class sizes. And it is a shame that you have to get a 94 percent strike authorization vote. It is a shame that you have to organize to get something that's very basic in most places. Um, I'm offended I think that's a fair way of saying it Um, from yesterday, just listening to the gaslighting and knowing how different it is to sit at a table. So yes, we agree on a lot of things. We probably agree that the bears suck just like you just (laughs) said, right? Bless them. Um, You know, Colin Kaepernick is a quarterback
1: and he's out there and available. Yeah.
0: So like the bears could unsuck very easily by picking him up, but I digress. Um, agreeing in theory on things is one thing as we're learning Mm -hmm. agreeing to things and putting signatures next to them is another and the work that we're doing to give Chicago students what they deserve we are doing that to get an agreement in writing Mm -hmm. And look, it's reasonable. And I hate to like come and make um, arguments about reasonableness, but it is absolutely reasonable. 40 kindergartners in a classroom, it was 43 at Wentworth last year, almost 40 this year at Arthur Ashe in Chatham. Wentworth is in Inglewood. We have a lot of discussions about these neighborhoods, how disinvested, how much crime, how much unemployment, we underscored the the difficulties and the challenges in, in those places all the time. So we put forth an actual contract demand that would limit the number of students in the kindergarten classroom for the very places that we label as dysfunctional all the time. And you refuse to do it. The city of Chicago, the Chicago public schools and cite very unreasonable, unreasonable theories as to why. Look, Ben, in 2017, the only thing that happened besides bad things with Bruce Reiner was the evidence based funding model. 2017, August of 2017, it was passed and it was passed to lower class sizes. It was passed to fund English language learning services. It was passed to fund special education and wraparound services, amongst other things. The Chicago Public Schools is a tier one district, meaning the concentrated poverty that we're dealing with in the school district gets priority funding from the state to help bring it to equity. Mm-hmm. Right. That money comes to Chicago. And when it comes to Chicago, the school district funds the individual schools in a manner that continues to exacerbate the inequities that have been baked into this system over time. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means you can afford it if you allocate the money appropriately. Those are the contract demands.
1: All right, I just want to make just one brief uh, correction. Uh, the two point four billion that uh, Stacy alluded to for Stacy uh, for Sterling Bay is actually not just a Sterling Bay. There are two TIF deals that you were alluding to. One is uh, the Lincoln Yards deal, one point three billion. Uh, that's the Sterling Bay, and then there's the one point one billion for uh, seventy-eight, which is in the South Loop. I think it's related, related Midwest. Just wanted to get that point out there, but it is two point four billion. So I get to blame another wealthy yes, developer. Yes. Okay. okay yeah, thanks. <laughs> okay. Oh, Add them to the cadre. All right. Cadre. Just had a, uh, all right uh, so much that you, you said there that I want to respond to, but I just want to get your direct response to what Lori Lightfoot had to say. You got that clip, Dee? Let's play the clip from Lori Lightfoot at that press conference yesterday uh, where uh, Miguel Devay was standing next to her, who is the uh, president of the Chicago Board of Education. Go ahead,
0: Dee. CTU has not moved off of any of their main opening positions that they gave back in
1: January of this year. That's not how bargaining works, as you all know
0: give us a comprehensive written offer we've given offers on all those issues we need a comprehensive written offer that deals with all these issues and when we get that at the bargaining table we will respond to it and we can meet in the middle and get something done
1: all right stacy response
0: bargaining do you know what their opening position was to take away every single thing we won in the last two contracts. Their opening position was to take away everything that we won from the contract in 12 and the contract in 16. That's CPS's opening position. Their second offer, I'll give you back 15% of what I took from you. Third offer, I'll give you 30% of what I took back to you from you why am I negotiating over stuff I already have? Like, in what world is that even something that reasonable people would agree to do? That's the first issue that I have with this characterization of negotiation. I've never been in a spot where you take what I have and then you try to give it back to me. Yo, that's mine, that, and, and I've said this, that's hustling. That is actually a hustle. That is not collective bargaining. That is not negotiating. That is a hustle. And in the places where I currently live, where I grew up, that will get you beat up, hence a strike. Our opening position, our counter proposals, all relate back to the promises that she made.
1: She being Mayor Lightfoot. Mayor
0: Lightfoot Lightfoot. made when she ran For mayor. Mm -hmm. So if she changes her promises, then maybe. But I don't see her changing her promise. Well, I kind of do. The people who want um, Roseland to have quick and accessible transportation to the middle of the city, they've seen that change. Um, those uh, advocating for police accountability has seen um, No Cop Academy not only get a green light, but a bigger padding to make it, I think, quote, bigger and better. Um, you see immigrant, the immigrant uh, rights advocates, they want a stronger welcoming cities ordinance. They're, they don't seem to be getting that. Um, Those who are advocating for affordable housing and an end to homelessness in Chicago, um, the stream of revenue that she promised them isn't going um, towards those things um, that she said that they would go to to eradicate homelessness, to um, pay for affordable housing. So the promises that she made us, the promises that she made all of those folks. Oh, and I forgot about the, the crown jewel of the rollback of promises the elected school board right so here is a mayor who said a lot of things to capture a lot of attention during campaigning that is walking back on every one of those popular um ideas of democracy ideas of equity and justice as she has is doing with our contract look Transformation in Chicago, a place that is the epicenter of racial segregation, of disinvestment in spaces where black people have traditionally resided, um, a place where you tear down affordable housing, push people out, and then claim in some um, future time that you're going to bring them back. Like, this is Chicago. This has been Chicago volumes of history on how um, terrible you can treat black people, right? Right? This Chicago, you can't change or transform Chicago from the fifth floor of Chicago. It helps to have a partner on the fifth floor of Chicago. If you understand organizing and shifting power dynamics in this city for the life of me, Ben, I cannot understand why a mayor with so much potential and promise to transform our space is choosing to fight with the very individual's. That can be the best partners to bring forth a Chicago that looks like her campaign
1: promises. All right, now uh, I agree with you on that uh, that point, but the reality is that uh, the Chicago Teachers Union opposed. Lori Lightfoot in the last campaign supported Tony Preckwinkle Mm -hmm. and strongly supported her. Uh, And Lori Lightfoot's people are putting out the message. I just read this in Politico. Yeah, they
0: suck. And you know why they suck? Because that's like fifth grade.
1: Wait, let me just finish the message they're putting out. They get the response. The message is is that uh, this is a a power display by the Chicago Teachers Union to show them, to show the mayor uh, that uh, even though their candidate lost uh, in the last mayoral election, she, the mayor, has to take uh, the Chicago Teachers Union series. Okay, now respond to that.
0: 94% of people, 94. You were raised by a teacher.
1: That's correct, I was. Great.
0: So you don't convince a teacher of anything. Yeah. A teacher believes in a thing. So you have 94% of educators saying, yeah, we're going to go on strike if we don't get this. That's number one. That ain't got nothing to do with the mayor oral um, election that has everything to do with the school Chicago students deserve and her inability to put campaign promises in writing. And let me tell you a not so hidden secret. Our members voted for her there. Chicago voted for her. So that argument is silly on its face. There were actual members, educators, teachers who live in the city of Chicago who voted for a strike and who voted for the mayor. So I'm still trying to figure out how that argument makes any type of sense. A vendetta? What is this, the godfather?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, no, I have, a, I have a hard time believing that a Chicago teacher uh, would expose him or herself to the kind of uh, uh, hardship that a strike would entail You're going out without a paycheck you could pr- potentially not be able to pay your rent or a mortgage etc and so forth uh just to continue or perpetuate whatever ven- vendetta stacy davis gates or jesse sharkey may have with lori lightfoot uh i do i do have a hard like, time people believing. like
0: me but they don't like me enough <laughs> to miss a meal yeah i mean like let's just put this into like focus here I know that in politics you get a lot of young kids who don't have children mortgages or any life experiencing cooking up like ideas and lines and communications and I'm like grown grown and I know that you can't get me to do something just because you want to do it when you have a mortgage you have children you have mouths to feed you have responsibilities look we have members who are Um, in their ninth month of pregnancy, we have members who are in their ninth month of pregnancy. There's nothing stopping the mayor of this city, Chicago public schools from cutting off our health insurance. There's nothing stopping that. So to boil this down to a vendetta means that you have children writing your talking points who have zero idea of what it means to believe in justice and equity, so much so that you vote for a strike to sacrifice that which you need. And so this is where all of the politics in Chicago, all of the politics of mayoral control really frustrate me, because the discussions miss the point of the needs in the school community the people who are organizing and working to get needs met in their school communities. And we boil it down to some Shakespearean protagonist, antagonistic dramedy. That's not what this is. No grown person with responsibilities says, I am going to forego my livelihood because I want a smaller class size because they mad that they didn't win a mayoral election because you endorse someone that is, that's beneath our members.
1: All right. Now let's talk about some of these educational issues that have a direct impact on, on the classroom. You've already raised a couple, uh, and one uh, class size limitations. The other, uh, wraparound services we call wraparound services, making sure that contra- uh, there's a contractual obligation on the part of the board of education, Chicago public school to make sure uh, that there are nurses in schools, social workers in schools, counsel work, counselors in schools, librarians in schools. We have libraries. We should have a librarian. Uh, I think most people in the city of Chicago would agree mm-hmm. uh, that these are issues uh that should be addressed that we should have counselors in schools. We should have social workers in schools. The reality, the crazy reality of the way our bargaining works in the city of Chicago is that somehow or other, this has become an issue and a strike. I don't understand why the city of Chicago years ago didn't deal with this without having the threat of a strike. Having said that, I have to tell you this and you know it, the law prohibits you from going on strike. For these issues, you're not even allowed to negotiate it. This is a law that was passed in 1995 that gave almost complete control of the Board of Education to the mayor. So, Mayor Lightfoot is uh, very savvy in, uh, in one respect to put so much concentration on money and get the public to think all oh, these greedy teachers, man, she's offering good money, real bread as she says it, uh, and they should settle and go back and, and stay on the job. Uh, you're talking about, well, we need, we're not, we want to make sure that uh, we have class size caps. Lori Lightfoot knows, as, and her lawyers know, and your lawyers know, that if you push that too hard, that's illegal, if you go and strike over that, they could throw Stacey Davis-Gates into jail. They could file, go to court ask a judge to throw you in jail or right. ask a judge to impose an injunction that prevents the teachers from striking. And if you still continue to strike, they could fine the hell out of the teachers. These are real political game. We, This You we talked about the godfather before with Adolfo. This is the kind of—
0: And this is not in red state, Wisconsin. What we're talking about is in a blue state, is in Illinois— is in Chicago, this discussion that we're having about what are issues outside of the negotiating table, what we're talking about is a boss who is a mayor in a democratic city who claims to be a Democrat, having the capacity to rule a strike illegal and put labor leaders in jail, juxtaposed to putting fines on a labor union that could just take the labor union out, why are we talking about that in Blue State, Illinois? Why are we talking about that in Democratic stronghold of Cook County, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois? That, that is the question. And why are we still talking about something that was put into law by Republicans back in 1995? Why haven't we undone it? Oh, I forgot, because this past spring, when the bill, after the bill had passed the House for the second time, the mayor asked John Cullerton, To hold the bill.
1: You're talking about the elected school board bill?
0: No, it was two bills. She um, requested that the Senate president hold an assignment. The first one was the elected school board bill, and he held it. Mm -hmm. The second one was the full restoration of our bargaining rights. Because her strategy from the very beginning was to make this about greedy teachers, Remember, this narrative was put into place by Republicans and now it is being propagated by Democrats. You got to call BS on this at some point that this law is marginalizing school teachers in Chicago and blue state, Illinois and blue Cook County and blue Chicago. And I'm supposed to believe that the only boogeymen in politics are Republicans Nah, man, we got some right here in the state of Illinois, in Cook County, and in the city of Chicago. The fact that they are able to restrict our voice in issues of collective bargaining have led to the precipitous decline of black teachers, right? It has led to the proliferation of charters. It has led to the the mass school closings that we've experienced. Here in Chicago, school turnarounds, all of these actions were available to the mayors, mayors, plural, mayors of Chicago because of this law. It hogtied the union's Mm -hmm. ability to push back at it because what you just said, the consequence is going to jail or uh, putting your union into bankruptcy, if they take you to court. Now, remember, Rom did the same thing back in 2012.
1: At the very end.
0: At the very end. He still did it, um, amongst <laughs> other things. But, he did do it. Right. Yes. But he did it. Yeah. Look, I fully. But he did
1: not get the ruling. I don't believe he, he, he got the Look, ruling. We were done. Yeah.
0: You know, um, members were just reading the contract at that point. But because he had lost, he wanted to lose worse. Whatever. The point that I'm making is that this is an actual consideration. This is something that we're talking about like very seriously in our union is that we have a mayor who would rule strike illegal. Now we have a, a very strong cadre of members who are clear. They just do not want a race. They need more. And by needing more, they're saying I, you can't expect a person who is in charge of young people to be okay with leaving the very things on the table that's going to make the school community better ben is not enough grown folks in classrooms and in school communities right now the beginning of this school year there were 700 classrooms that did not have a permanent teacher so the tuesday after labor day on the first day of school there were 700 classrooms in this city That did not have a permanent teacher. And almost half of those school, those classrooms were special education spaces. The same spaces that are under state monitor for special education. Like fat meat is greasy. And this is where we are right now. If you do not get this in writing from these people, we're in trouble. And the fact that she paraded it back in the spring, paraded around talking about this progressive, um, a board of education um, with people from the community who can identify with the issues that um, parents experience on a very daily basis. Do you know not one of them is in a negotiating room? Ask a teacher's union anywhere in this state. If members of the board of education are in on negotiations and they will tell you, yes, only in Chicago, do you not see the very people who are voting on policy not in the room? Why? Marital or Control. Heck, even with Ron David Vitale was in the room in 2012, the banker. And now you have bona fide, like Dwayne Trust, a bona fide community guy.
1: He's a member of the Board of Education. Who boy.
0: is a member of the Board of Education. Dwayne, who is a friend of Chicago Teachers Union. Brother ain't in the room. Elizabeth Todd Breeland, who's written masterfully, about the struggles of public education here in Chicago. She's not in the room. Miguel de Valle before yesterday, a progressive champion, he's not in the room. Like, look, we have to start like calling this for what it is worth. Nothing like transformation doesn't happen because you point a finger and say a thing. Transformation doesn't happen because you win in an election Transformation happens because there is collaboration, because there is coalition, because there are ideas that people are willing to organize around to bring into reality. And you can't do that by yourself.
1: Let me ask you this. Uh, Many of the issues uh, that get talked about uh, in the media coverage of negotiations have to do with matters that may that while important to teachers may not be of the utmost importance to parents or students, all right? But the matters that would be important to parents and students would be these issues of how many nurses are you going to obligate in your contract or what class size limits right now our class size. really is no cap on class size in the city of Chicago. Uh, it's like you could put as many kids in because you could pretty much put as many kids as you could fit in the classroom. And then you, you could talk about it for several months while those kids stay there. So you could put specific language in there. Has the, have the, have the negotiators for the board of education and mayor Lori Lightfoot giving you specific proposals on the issues of no wraparounds and capsize things that really matter to parents and students. Have they given you specific issues? I mean, specific
0: nothing on on class size, nothing on class size. The one thing that they did give us on um, say school nurses um, is that we won't privatize them anymore. If we can find enough in the school, communities already so for instance if you have a nurse at every school then we won't privatize them well they already know you can't find a nurse at every school because there's not a nurse at every school right now so of course you're going to continue to privatize them right and the privatization of nurses goes beyond the the discussion that we have in labor it actually goes to the care of the students who need the nurse Right. So if there is a private a company who has a nurse that comes into a school, you may not get the same nurse each time. Right. So the continuity of care is interrupted. Um, say, for instance, you find a nurse and she's great who's working for the private company and you think that she would be a good fit in your school community. You can't hire her mm-hmm. because of the non compete um, provisions in some of these contracts. So it's not something that works well. Number two, um, they don't even see class size in the way that we see class size. The Board of Education sees class size in terms of dollar signs. They don't see it in terms of good educational practice. What do you mean by that? Well, because if you lower class sizes, then you're hiring more adults to be in the building. Mm-hmm. So if you have a class of forty-five students, you cut it in half, or you 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 know you cut the classroom in half and you send half um, to to one space, twenty-two to one space, twenty-two to one, uh, twenty-three to another space. Um, I wasn't a math teacher, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so you have two educators. At you got to
1: hire point. another teacher. You got
0: to hire another teacher. So all are looking at is we got to hire another teacher not the benefit so
1: they don't want to be obligated to hire it contractually obligated to hire another teacher if class size exceeds an acceptable level so don't put a cap in the uh in the contract at all just give a vague promise
0: just give a vague promise that you on the front end know you're not going to keep that's the whole point like when a boy would tell you well not you but when boys used to tell me i promise but <laughs> yeah, but but you know, don't tell nobody. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, is it really a promise?
1: Are these issues being discussed at the bargaining table? And if so, does the bargainer say to you, Stacy or whoever says it, you know, Jesse, you're not allowed by uh, state law to bargain uh, for that? So- yes. They actually say that to you.
0: Absolutely. They've said it like these are these aren't mandatory subjects of bargaining. In fact, they said that we should thank God that they even considered um, the discussion about nurses and not privatizing them because that's not a mandatory subject of bargaining. So they were doing us a favor.
1: They said thank God for that.
0: Well, look. My words, but okay. Be same thankful impact. Though, okay, got you. Yeah, my words, but same impact. Oh, there's a lot of smugness at that table.
1: Have they ever uh, pointedly threatened you to say, you know, you keep pushing this? Yeah, it's a letter. You're in jail?
0: Well, they don't go as far as to say that. But basically reminding us in a very um, strongly worded letter from their labor attorney that we were um, publicly... Advocating for things um, that may be considered out of our purview.
1: I saw that quoted in the Tribune, yeah.
0: Yep. So look, they mean business. They want to maintain an inequitable, almost apartheid like education system. And in order to do that, they have to put duct tape over the mouths of um, union members, teachers is what they're doing. So they're going to, so see, here's the thing too. I don't know if you've noticed this and how reporters are writing this, which Uh, Lori's comms people are probably pushing out union leaders union leaders union leaders i'm like yo i'm only a union leader to a republican um tabloid in my house i am mama mommy um to my family i am stacy and to the kids that i used to educate i am mrs gates or miss davis I'm not a union leader. Like this whole concept of blowing Stacy and Jesse up to these life-size bosses is just insanity. It's actually funny because I'm like, dude, I'm a teacher and I'm a mother of three kids that I sent to the Chicago Public Schools. And I am having a time as a parent this year in the Chicago Public Schools, by the way. And so like this whole image of union that Democrats are trying to paint in the Republican tabloids is really interesting to me in this moment. The same Democrats who will come back to you during election time and want your support after you call me everything but a child of God. Nah, son. Like, this is the time where your friends and your allies make decisions about how important your relationships and your principles are. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is the time we're in. Look, I ain't told nobody that they can't like Lori. You can, you can love her. What I am asking people to do is to also be in love with the hundreds of thousands of black students and Brown students who populate the Chicago public schools, the students that we've been saying for the last 10 years need more than a promise they need it in writing they need to see it in their school communities that's this work we should not be under mayor oral control sometimes i think if there was really a, uh, a an elected school board in chicago that we could remove the politics of of Protagonists and the an antagonist from these negotiations. Sometimes I think that we would have a better chance at getting school policies that reflect the real needs of the community because they're not jumbled up in um, approval ratings or popularity contests, that they would actually be about the politics of making sure students have lower class sizes, mm-hmm.
1: period. All right. Do you think it would benefit this has been an issue that's emerged over the last week or so. Would it benefit negotiations to have Lori Lightfoot herself in the room negotiating with you?
0: It would. Can I? Let me say this. Negotiation, I would prefer to be um, in my car going back and forth to Springfield than being in a, in a negotiating room with the Chicago Public Schools, real life. It is infuriating because, you know, they agree with everything but can't put it in writing. It's not the folks who are in the room. It is the principles that the people bring into the room and the political will of getting a deal done that reflects the principles that, the, that people bring into the room. That's the deal. You have a lawyer in the room who was Daly's labor lawyer, who was Roms labor lawyer, and whose philosophy is weak contract, weak enforcement provisions in the contract— strong mayor.
1: You talk about James Francis,
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Those like ask any like labor union that's dealt with this gentleman over a number of years and they'll tell you the same thing. But what we also know is that he has been a part of creating laws that marginalize collective bargaining for teachers in the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago, the County of Cook. Mm-hmm. Right. Not Scott Walker in Wisconsin, but Fransic, who worked for Daily and Rom, and now Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, Blue Chicago. This contract has to be different from the previous contracts, because what we've done up until this point is insufficient.
1: Well, as I said, and I've been saying this uh, on this show and in my column, I think it's absurd that it the issue of uh, adequately staffing the Chicago Public Schools uh, and putting a cap on the number of children that you allow in a public school classroom, I think it's absurd that this comes down to a negotiation on a teacher contract. This, in my humble opinion, should be something that the leaders of the city of Chicago want, and they should willfully, imp- uh, willingly uh, impose. And uh, I've been dealing with these issues for a long time, Stacy. Long before you were a kid in uh, f- what was it? F- where a really? South Bend? Yeah, I had to, to go there. (laughs) Larry Bird. I was thinking Larry Bird. Uh, And I remember uh, teachers telling me about class size and teachers telling me about lack of services. So this has been going on a long time. And there's always been a lack of willingness to, and my humble, this is me speaking, and adequately uh, staff Chicago public schools. All right. Because the people who are most exposed generally have the least amount of clout. So the fact that we're doing this at a, at a bargaining table is utterly absurd. Uh, and I really feel bad for my city that it has come to this, uh, particularly since it's illegal. It's illegal to negotiate for something that everybody wants. How that happened, I do not know. Oh, yes, you. Do. I know how it happened. But why we tolerate it. But, I you know,
0: but, you know, the answer to that is clear. If you ever want to know the strength of white supremacy in the city of Chicago, negotiate a teacher's contract. I have been faced with every reason why we cannot offer a smaller class size to arguably the very children who need it the most for every casualty report we get on Monday, for every statistic we get about who's populating our our correctional facilities. Dude, white supremacy is real. There is not a, a moral reason that anyone can give me at any point in this discussion, this exercise, that makes sense as to why you cannot give kids who are living with lead poison, who are dealing with asthma, who do not have adequate health care, a school nurse. There is no reason you can give me none that would be acceptable or moral. This goes beyond a strike vote. This goes to the morality of the people who say they care about black kids, brown kids, poor kids in this city. That is the bottom line. And for a labor union to put forth very bold, audacious vision for this school system and to say, well, yeah, they could put us in jail. And continue along like that's not a real thing you have to question the people who are in power who are saying that we don't care about the very people that we are with on a very daily basis my children's teachers are with them more than i am monday through friday how dare i question their compassion their commitment their dedication how how do you do that
1: that's Stacy Davis Gates from the Chicago Teachers Union. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show Mr. Jarofsky take us home. Man, I haven't heard that song in a while. That's super cool music. Uh, Dr. D playing the piano over there, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, Stacey Davis-Gates playing the organ. Oh, man, they sound good, don't they? Uh, we're out of time here. We have to head out. We have Joe Colley is coming in from the Chicago Sun-Times. will be with us in about fifty minutes, a bonus episode. Oh, talk- and he's coming in? Yeah, he's actually going to oh, sit. last time we add- did Skype. No, he's going to sit right there, or either we're Stacy sitting now or right next to her. We'll be talking Bulls basketball. How about that? I'm going to shift <laughs> gears to talk about uh, the state of the Chicago Public Schools, uh, talk Bulls basketball, and that'll drop this Saturday. It'll be a bonus on the Benjirovsky Show. Stacy Davis Gates, October
0: eighteenth, uh, right?
1: Uh, October eighteenth, beginning of the season. Oh, is that right? The, well, the season, uh, the preseason, literally began last night. My beloved Bulls were losers uh, to Milwaukee, but I'm always optimistic about the Chicago Bulls. I'd like to say I'm optimistic about um, the state of school, public education in the city of Chicago. So you should be. All right. As we head out the door, we've been talking about some of the things that are so frightening in the, about our city uh, with the public schools. Talk about something I should be optimistic about then.
0: The fact that you have over 25,000 educators who are willing to sacrifice their livelihood, their financial stability to win the school Chicago students deserve. That sacrifice means a lot and gives me tremendous hope for this school district, that in their ability to sacrifice a thing for a school nurse, for a school counselor, for a school social worker, that we actually have people in our school communities who love our children and who are willing to go to the math forum. That's common good bargaining, but that is also a labor of love. And I'm hopeful I am. I'm hopeful because those those people will make this work.
1: All right. Very good. That is Stacey Davis Gates, vice president of the Chicago Teachers Union. And uh, let's hope, Stacy, you're not thrown in jail uh let's hope if i
0: am i'll give you the first jailhouse (laughs) interview
1: i'll be uh i'll be the first call she makes uh ben give me a lawyer Uh, (laughs) all right on his way uh anyway stacy uh i gotta say stacy davis gates but a good friend of the show ever since i've been on the radio always coming on i'm only
0: vice president of the chicago teachers union because of ben uh
1: uh, how would that happen well (laughs)
0: look no seriously like in all honesty though just because i'm feeling pretty emotional today yeah like Black women who know stuff never get microphones. You know how many black women in my family know stuff and who were regulated to the kitchen table conversations? To have this microphone, this opportunity amazing thank you
1: all right thank you. you're welcome stacy davis gates uh, chicago teachers union I want to thank adolfo mandragon the pride and joy of Curie high school the southwest side he was in the early urging everybody to see the irishman uh and uh maya was in the studio earlier first tuesday she's now my partner in crime at first tuesday uh, maybe we get stacy davis gates to be our next guest at first tuesday that would be a lot of fun wouldn't it be? tuesday november 5th the first first tuesday with maya Maya and uh, and Stacy Davis Gates, we'll cut that uh-huh. deal right here. Cut. <laughs> deal cut, uh, and of course, uh, Stacy Davis Gates loves this man over here. The man, the myth. Oh. The legend. Ben, I almost forgot. I'm so glad I remembered this before the show ended. You got to give us a review. Uh, Stacy, I don't know if you know this or not. Ben has a new favorite show. <laughs> ben, how's it been? Gilmore Girls. Tell us about Oh my God, it. you like the Gilmore Girls? Yeah, i a little oh embarrassed. My like the, I, uh, yes. <laughs> oh my God. Stars
0: Hollow. Yes. Oh
1: my God. Hello, Stars Hollow High School. I uh, this is I forgot this uh, I I never watched the Gilmore Girls uh, Stacy and then uh, oh but
0: you have to love like the dialogue and well, the banter no, no. well
1: see okay so then I saw I watched the marvelous Mrs Maisel and I loved that I watched the two seasons and so I was doing the reading Netflix. the background and uh, yeah <laughs> yep. I saw that the the director the writer was the same person that did something called the Gilmore Girls <laughs> so I said oh I just check I love Mrs Maisel. I never heard of the Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. really you know so I start guess what I'm hooked on the Gilmore Girls better everybody's better. making fun of me. Now, no. Love you, <laughs> love, love you the, more. Love you more. I love the wisecracks, the mm-hmm. this, the that. The, nobody seems to get too down, you know what I mean? They face problems, but they always come back with a joke, and it seems to, you know, I love And they it.
0: have the diner yeah. where they drink coffee. Yeah,
1: and the guy makes these huge... Uh, cheeseburgers right. and french fries Luke. and these yeah Luke, and they nobody seems to gain weight <laughs> all right i eat a cheeseburger and french fries i'm already worried i better go running or something but these like they give the lady miss the 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 the, the, the what's i don't even know her name but the star of the show they give Lorelei. her Lorelei yeah, thank you god dang you know the show well like a cheeseburger about this thick Anyway. And she I, wears
0: a size zero. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So I'm really, I really enjoy. Plus I love Carole King and that's the opening, mm-hmm. uh, uh, song. Carole King. Anyway. Yeah. He so loves Gilmore. I girls. love Gilmore girls. But, uh, by the way, I got to recommend, uh, the hustlers. I know you're really busy now. You don't have time to go see movies. Hustlers. JLo. Did uh, you like it? two thumbs way up loved really it. yeah okay cool yeah so yep. uh, anyway all right uh, dr d so that's my update yes uh <laughs> i'm still watching gilmore girls obsessively on netflix awesome. the show has been off the air for 20 years and i'm just now getting around to watching it but what was i saying oh yes you did a great job give yourself a raise take it out of petty cash see you tomorrow everybody